Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. One, two, three, four. Live from Cabo Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Featuring former Husker and NBA vet Eric Strickland. Strickland for three. With broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. Welcome to the Ticket Weeknights. Yeah. Hold on. Uh. Hey, hey. Where we at? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Strict Night Show on a Tuesday. We here Tuesday night. <laughs> Every Tuesday night, if there's no game, if there's a game on Tuesdays, we do post-game. If there's not a post-game, we're doing the Strict Nine show right here on Tuesday nights. Um, there's maybe some news to come towards the end of this week. Ooh. We'll keep your breath. Maybe some good news, but we'll, we'll keep your breast <laughs> on that. Uh, we'll, we'll tap in probably at the end of the week. Once again, touch us on the, the Sutter Heyman text line at 402 Four six four five six eight five. I'm Strick. That is Nick. We're here tonight from six to eight on Tuesday. Got your girl in the club, and she choosing. <laughs> man, <laughs> man, I, I, I love, I love the the beats. I love the beats, man. They're they're awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, the Husker women have been doing wonderful this year. They've got a twelve and zero record. Two and on Big Ten play, and they've got a gauntlet coming up, Ooh. starting on December thirtieth, two days before the New Year's kickoff. We've got a Michigan on January fourth, December the thirtieth is Michigan State, and they've got a swing on January fourth with Michigan in the Big Ten, one away and one at home. Then they go back and they do a Iowa two-step with Indiana in the middle, January 9th in Iowa, Jan- January 13th in Indiana, and then two-step again with Iowa on January 16th. The ladies have been playing some wonderful basketball this year. They are led by one of the, the toughest guards out there named Jazz Shelley. Yeah, She's doing the scoring for them right now this year. She's averaging, I think, around 13, 14 points a game. And uh, they've got a lot of balance. They're just kind of they, they're getting scoring from everywhere, and that's what's what's lovely about this team is they run about ten, eleven deep. A lot of guys, a lot, a lot of ladies are getting uh, some good time, and they're yeah. all showing and proving. They're doing some wonderful things on defense. They're blowing teams out when they get teams down. They're taking them to the you know to the shed and just yeah. saying, "Hey, we're dropping you off, baby. We're going to the house on y'all." And that's what I love about this team is they play hard. But what is the beautiful thing about this, Nick, is that this team is averaging about 83 points a game mm-hmm. where their opponents are only averaging 55. Now, there's a, there's a dynamic about that is that they haven't played a lot of top-notch competition nope. at this point. But that's okay because they're a young team, right? 
they're very young. I mean, they don't, I don't even think they have a senior. They have, you know, I think one or two juniors, the rest are sophomores and freshmen. So they're, they're a, 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 they're finding their, their way and they're playing great basketball at the right time while they're about to approach the hard end of the big 10 conference. Well, and, and you hit it right on the head. They're, they're younger. And one thing I always say, um, that we can't say about a lot of the other programs at Nebraska is just doesn't matter if they're playing low competition, they're beating the teams in a fashion that they're supposed to beat them. Right. And, and they're taking care of their job. They can't control who they're playing. They, they can't as a, as a player, you cannot control who you're playing, who's on your schedule. You just know who's next up, but they're taking care of their business every single night in dominant fashion. And one thing that I really enjoy about this team, I'm able to go to every single one, every single game. And so one thing that I love about this team, I hate to bring it up again, they do the little things. It's moving without the basketball. Obviously, um, you know, women's basketball is played on the floor where, where men's are, where men's is played above the rim and stuff. But doing little things like moving without the basketball. And, and we see um, a player yeah. like Jazz Shelley. You, you mentioned her just a second ago. You see a player like her, and when she, her scoring's not falling, when the shot is not falling for her, she still affects the game in positive ways. She finds ways to still put her mark on a, on the game, whether that's finding teammates open, whether that's moving without the ball, because she understands that in the in the film studies from the opponent's point of view, she's the star player. She's the best scoring threat on this team, so she can be used as a decoy if she's moving without the basketball. As long as she still does her job and does those little things, even the nights that her shot isn't falling, she understands, and this team understands, that they can still get open shots, high percentage shots, by doing the little things. And that's something that makes this team really, really fun to watch. What's awesome about Jazz Shelley is that <laughs> she's killing the game right yeah. now. She's taking almost 65 mm-hmm. threes. She's shooting 52% from three, yeah. 53% from two, and almost 80% from the free throw line. So she's having a dynamic season plus averaging six rebounds a game. She had two to one ratio, almost three to one. And she leads the team in steals and blocks. She's doing it all. Yeah. Then you got Isabel Bourne that is doing a wonderful job. She's only averaging almost 20 minutes a game, mm-hmm. shooting at a 56 clip, 33 from three. But the, well, her free throw percentage is horrid. But here's the awesome thing about it though. <laughs> She's only playing 20 minutes a game, yeah. and she's the second-leading scorer. So she's very efficient when she gets into the game. And then the rest, you balance it out. Everybody's averaging about eight, nine points thereafter, and everybody's playing solid minutes, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15, and the rest are getting anywhere from 20 to, you know, 26, which Jazz Shelley uh, leads the team with that. So there's great uh, – there, there's, there's a great balance of the – the ladies as they're playing together as a unit. And I love well, it, especially and, being so young. And they're deep. Their depth is Very. really, really large. And and when I say that, it, I'm saying like 9 or 10 that Amy Williams is comfortable putting out on the floor. I mean, last game out against Wyoming, it was not even three minutes into the ball game, and she made a whole whole sub. She made a whole team of subs. All five just swapped right out. And she they, they didn't miss a beat. And granted, like Confident. I said, like, like we said, it's against Wyoming. But you had Annika Stewart who went uh, surprised everyone with a career high that game. I think she finished with 21 against Wyoming, and you and she wasn't playing a, a bulk of the minutes coming into that game. 
And so you have these surprises off the bench, and, and then you talk about a player like Alexis Markowski, the former Pius Thunderbolt, who um, Gatorade Player of the Year last year, coming off the bench and had two double doubles in back to back games. And off the She's bench, got a great name too. yeah, the the basketball pedigree, right? And and <laughs> you have the, those contributors that you can rely on every single game. And when you get into that Big Ten play, we talk about it with the men having that lack of depth because of injuries and guys out. Now when we're talking about the women's <coughs> team, they have that depth. And when they get into Big Ten play where an Isabel Bourne gets into foul trouble, where Alexis Markowski gets into foul trouble, they have one, two, maybe even three guys or three women at some position that they're just fine filling that void with. I also like uh, I also like, you know, what Amy's doing with regards to her recruiting. Oh, yeah. um, she's finding talent not only overseas. She's she's got some some good Minnesota ties, mm-hmm. but she's also keeping her Husker girls home. The yeah. ones that you know she's got three of them on the team, which that gives you that you know those girls that bleed red and they they you know they they want and they love everything about being a Husker. Absolutely and you right. Need sometimes that kind of balance just to help the other ladies to understand or to be able to, when they're coming from long distances like Australia, just to give them, you know, just some, some peace of mind, just some home cooking, so to speak, whether it be in the locker room, whether it be in the games, whether it be when they're out in the town, you know, those things like that is just helping to understand what it means to be a Husker. Absolutely right. And that's something that also gets overlooked is you have multiple Australians on this team that are um, great contributors on the floor every single game, but they had to make that transition from living in Australia and playing overseas to now all being in Lincoln, Nebraska, which isn't, there's not a ton of stuff to do. And, and the nightlife's not like it is in, in LA or in Florida or anything like that. It's Lincoln, Nebraska. And so you make a really good point having those players like Alexis Markowski, um, Allison Widener, who's been a really, really bright spot from small town Nebraska come in at the guard position. You have these players that have come in and been able to help them with their transition from playing overseas or even like a Jazz Shelley where she was playing in Oregon and now comes and joins a couple other Australians here in Lincoln. Like you said, it's really, really cool and fascinating in a sense to watch Amy Williams over time, slowly but surely, and yes, she found success in years two. I think they went to the NCAA tournament. They went to the women's NIT last year. But slowly over time, you're kind of seeing Amy Williams and that staff with Chuck Love and Tom Gale and 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 them those guys. You're seeing that staff slowly but surely build kind of a juggernaut in terms of depth and in terms of of reliable options every single game. I think something too that's that's missed about you know, Amy as a coach is that she has ties. Yeah. Right. And so not only is she able to do a wonderful job with her and her staff of making sure that they're, they're recruiting the type of the kind of players, Mm -hmm. not only that they, they want to have, but that they feel that would buy in to what they're, they're building. And also that she has a connection and can help them to also transition because she's not, she's done it and she's done it, you know, at a, at a successful level here. And 
I, I, I would love – now, I don't know who's in coaching other than Ty Lue right now. I don't know mm-hmm. who's in, you know, coach. But I would definitely love to see something like that with the Husker program because what, what I've seen – this is just my observation. I'm not speaking Absolutely. with regard to uh, Fred Hoiberg's uh, staff. I'm, I'm just looking at staffs before that. Yeah. And what I saw was just tremendous turnover. And it was a lot of turnover that guys would come and they didn't get it. They didn't understand. They saw it, but they didn't yeah. understand it. And they weren't able to translate it. And and I, I would love to see somebody connected. I'm not saying they have to be first assistant or whatever the case. Yeah. Some form of someone who has a tie to to Nebraska, to the program, or to living here so that they can help these kids to understand what it's about. Is part of that embracing the role as a player at Nebraska, though? Embracing their role on the team, whether it be a starter, whether it be a role player, role guy off the bench? Um, Or is that more of just everybody being on the same page in terms of coaching staff and athlete? Well... Sometimes it's it's hard to help them to understand what it means mm-hmm. to because it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy coming into the cold. It's not easy coming to where as you stated there's not a lot of nightlife. I mean, yeah. I could have went to a lot of different places, but I understood what it what it meant to wear that red. And, and you compete, embraced it. Embraced it. I, and yeah. but what we had that's that's uniquely different, but Creighton's getting it, you know. I, I think, you know, <laughs> Coach Mack has figured it out. Yeah, that, you know, you have a, a good nucleus, a core, or some some form of somebody to touch the program because it just it just breeds something. You know, guys are hungry, and um, I would love to see that more. I, I think we're losing out. I think we lost out uh, some time wow. ago, and and now. A lot of those are those, you know, where we missed that those opportunities early on in some instances to get some of the better. Now there's nothing to reference. You know, there's not there. There's there's history to reference, but there's nothing mm-hmm. in the immediate onset to reference. And 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 so that's when you need a recruiting dynamic. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, real talk. um, Mikey Moore was my recruiting, but I'm a Nebraska kid. I have to try to tell a South Carolina kid what it means to be yeah. here. Um, um, what, what Webster, Ty Webster. Oh yeah. Believe from, it from or not, New Zealand. Yep. Ty, he wasn't coming. Yeah. And I had a, I mean, it, I wasn't recruiting him, but I, I had a conversation with him and his dad and helped them to understand what it means to to be a part of the Husker program, and he ends up staying. Um, you know, I could go down there. You know, Ty Lu was one of them. Um, the different guys that I helped to be a part of that recruiting, because I understood it, I was able to just help yeah. sell it because it's a tough sell. And if you're a salesman who can sell snake oil to, <laughs> yeah, to the masses, you know what I mean. It, it it's it's something that's that's to be spoken for. Do you think that's the biggest difference 
between Husker women's basketball being able to find success and Husker men's basketball still trying to find their way? Yes. I would venture to say that the maybe the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. You know? Um, even them getting to the NIT, I mean, they're they're young. Yeah. And, you know, they had some veteran leadership, some solid players, you know, that passed on. But she's got she's got what she's looking for. And they're 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 long, they're yeah. they got size, you know, they've got heart, and they you know, they, they lay it down every night, regardless well, of who they're playing. That's what I love about them. They don't play down to competition. They play exactly the same way. That's exactly, every what, night. exactly what I was going to say. And, and let's be real. We haven't even talked about Ashley Scoggins, Sam Hybe, who's the point guard, who's a true point guard, understands her role as a point guard. We haven't talked about Kendall Coley from Minnesota, like you were talking about. Haven't talked about... Um, uh, Whitney Brown, the walk former walk-on from Grand Island, Nebraska, that played a bigger role last year, but is okay and understands that she had to step back this year because the program's moved on and and it's and it's really built up to something substantial under Amy Williams, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch and and it speaks to the coaching staff, right? That they are able to um, all be on the same page with their with their players and their players are okay with doing something small like taking a step back and still being a part of that whole team identity. True, true. We wish them well. Um, we wish them continued success throughout the Big the Big Ten and on through the tournament. And uh, we're going to tap back in on them and, 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 and revisit, you know, as we get into the Big Ten uh, conference season and, and – get an idea more of kind of what some of these things, some of the lessons they may have learned, some of the things that they've, they've done better. uh, Some of the things that they could do better. uh, Some things that they, that they have done in youthful exuberance that maybe cost them some, some wins. And we'll, we'll tap back in on them. We'll go to one more break. We'll come back and talk a little bit of NFL football and look at the playoff pictures and see how they're all shaping up because, you know, I think the AFC is, Mm -hmm. is, is looking kind of, pairing a lot of parody out there come back right here on the strict nine show in a few minutes we'll talk a little nfl football back to the ticket weeknights featuring former husker and nba vet eric strickland on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com Yeah, we back. We back, we back, we back, and we back. Right here on the Stick Nine Show. Again, uh, find us at 937theticket and at the app. You can find us there. Also on YouTube. Subscribe, hit those like buttons. You have a great lineup and some wonderful things that are happening right here on 937theticket. Uh, so, Nick. What's up? We're gonna talk a little bit about NFL football. How you how you like that? What's, oh. what's your thoughts on kind of how the season gone so far? What's your thoughts on you know some some surprising stories and yeah. things of that nature that you've seen so far this season? Well, I, I think the the turnaround from the Kansas City Chiefs is definitely a top story, um, just because a lot of people counted them out, not necessarily out of the playoffs, but just out of the Super Bowl contention, and now arguably arguably. 
they are the favorites. Just like that, in, in a couple weeks, that has completely changed. Um, another kind of surprise for me personally ha- have been the Patriots. I still think they are one year away from truly competing for a Super Bowl, um, but they definitely have something in Mac Jones. And I, I remember talking to Jay about it a couple months ago, but Mac Jones, the real landing spot that he was going to be best at is New England in that Bill Belichick kind of offense. And now we're seeing that come to fruition, in my opinion, a little earlier than I personally expected, too. Um, I think it's going to be interesting now this week with Jimmy Garoppolo out at San, out of San Francisco, um, see how Trey Lance fills that void, because Jimmy G has had a pretty decent season. San Francisco has had a pretty pretty decent season as well. And mm-hmm. Jimmy G is going to be kind of one of the hot trade commodities this offseason, because they're not going to get rid of Trey Lance, and and next season will be time for Trey Lance. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see where Jimmy Garoppolo lands. Um, in terms of, of playoffs, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, the Cowboys finally seem to have put it together to an extent to where they can they can compete. Green Bay is just normal Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how everything unfolds. Um, especially in the AFC, the Bengals are definitely a surprise as well. So we have that week 16 of the NFL season. It's come to a close now, and teams mm-hmm. are finally starting to clinch their playoff spots. The Kansas City Chiefs, they won the AFC West uh, title on Sunday, as you spoke. They came out of, you know, got off to a horrendous start. It looked like it was just going to be a, a total loss of a season, but they got it turned around and won their sixth straight division title, mm-hmm. and they clinched the first seed as well in this in, in in the playoff and as far as their conference is concerned two through nine in the afc <laughs> is only separated by two games yeah i mean it, it, it's like it's like musical chairs anything can happen from two to nine uh in the next coming couple of weeks you have a couple teams that are playing each other you have a couple teams that is going to play a, a team that they need to jump and a team that um, or a, a, a team that's not very good, i.e., uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, or you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe a Raiders, or or maybe a, um, a Browns, you know, just something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there, there's there's those possibilities. The wildest story I find in the AFC has been. You ready? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, that's a good one. The Miami Dolphins that have rebounded from a one and seven start only yeah. to win seven in a row and take over the number seven spot in the AFC with an eight and seven record. That has been mm-hmm. one of my biggest surprises and happened to win a big one this weekend, this past weekend uh, over the Saints. That was huge for them. So then you also have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that have clinched the NFC South. As you stated, the Cowboys who has done well over the last three years and they've clinched the NFC East, but they're sometimes, I mean, listen, I used to live in Texas. Yep. So we used to always get geeked. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, what about them boys? What about them cowboys? Everybody going crazy. Yeah. It's our time. And they all need to disappoint us. Yep. <laughs> so, so I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to jump on the Cowboys bandwagon yet, but I love their defense. I love everything about what their defense has done. And I think that has been the thing that has let them down in the past has been their defense. Uh, obviously in losing, um, losing Dak last year was, was, was tough for them, 
while you have the Los Angeles Raiders and Arizona Cardinals, who has kind of fallen off the wheel wagon, uh, but they have locked up their spots as well. Philadelphia Eagles are now in the seventh seed, and the Giants are out of it, and uh, they kind of suck it. <laughs> were, 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 you, were you surprised to hear that da- uh, Daniel Jones and Joe Judge are, Judge are going to be back next year for New York? I, I was. That, that was a surprise. I yeah. thought they were... I thought they were going to get ousted. Why not? Why? why what? What have they done to to earn them another year? Uh, not a thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not a thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's a money issue. I don't know. Um, but I, I, yeah, negative. I don't think they should still be around. Well, what's? Well, yeah, no, no, I agree. One thing about the Miami Dolphins, they 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 have a big one against Tennessee this weekend. And Tennessee has been surprising for me also, one team that I forgot about, because they've had to um, work through this the last couple weeks without Derrick Henry, who, when healthy, is the best one of the best players in all of football. And just because of how strong and dominant he can be on a weekly basis. And Ryan Tannehill and and whoever they... I think he's playing well. That's what I'm going to say. a A big thing about that, though, is the supporting cast. The guys around him, he he's not going to go out and win you a ball game on his own like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Tom Brady, like a Patrick Mahomes can do. But if he's got guys around him, and that's where this first-round buy for Tennessee, if they can get it, it's going to be huge because that'll possibly get an extra week for them to be healthy. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, they have not had five guys on the offensive line all start the same game and end the same game because of injuries or whether it's been COVID that has, has messed up their, their starting five at the, on the offensive line, if they can get some consistency, whether that's on the offensive line, whether that's Derrick Henry back, that's only going to benefit Ryan Tannehill and this whole Tennessee Titans team as a whole. Agreed. Agreed. I think so, too. Looking into the AFC East, we have leading, obviously. I mean, any one of those three, they look like they're, mm-hmm. they're in solid contention to make it happen. But uh, your thoughts with the Bills uh, right now, who own the tiebreaker over the Patriots. Yeah. Um, and they've got an easier road right now. They, they, they face the Falcons in their next game and then the Jets, who is obviously 4-11. and 11. So uh, whereas, you know, the New England Patriots have the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. and the Dolphins, whom they have to beat. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and the Bills... I, I'm surprised they're they're not better, record wise. I'm very surprised that they aren't competing for the number one seed. Because coming into the season, I, I thought they would be right up there. And whether that's yeah. because of their defense with guys like Jordan Poyer, with Tre'Davious White, with um, with Ed Oliver from Houston, their their defensive lineman. Whether it's any of those guys on the defense, I th- seriously thought. Buffalo would be contending for that number one seed. Josh Allen struggled a little bit earlier. He's starting to find his way again. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. I, I don't know if it's the running game and the fumbling problems with Zach Moss or Devin Singletary, which way they want to go there. But I, I'm, I think the Bills are a sneaky, sneaky team coming up in this playoff because they have yet to really reach their full um, stride of how good they can really be, and and what's interesting, another team that I, I understand I'm I'm jumping from division, so sorry, Strick, but one team that's right in front of them, Cincinnati Bengals, who with Joe Burrow, all that youth, 
that's been really, really fun to watch. And they have a big game coming up against KC this weekend. The Cincinnati Bengals. Well, that's that's what I was going to tap into next. You 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 jumped ahead of me on it, but that's okay because yeah. we're going there because they have the hardest road. Yeah, they have the hardest road. I think they've got to face they've got to face uh, in their division as well as they've got to face the Chiefs. And in order to clinch the AFC North, they've got to <laughs> win both games. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's been really fun to watch. Number one, Zach Taylor, former Husker, so that little bit of Nebraska connection. So that's been fun to watch as as he leads as the head coach. Then you have a young guy, a young quarterback in Joe Burrow, who I'm really excited to see him be playing well. Number one, because of the injury last year. Number two, that offensive line is not very good. And so it's it's interesting and, and kind of cool to see him still be able to um, find some success without them bulking up that offensive line in the offseason like they probably should have to protect their their former number one overall pick. But then then one you have the, then you have guys like Jamar Chase on the outside. Joe Mixon is is a reliable option every week. It's fun to watch yeah. this Cincinnati team kind of go from a really really bad organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to now a a team that's sitting right now at third place in the West, or in the in the AFC, very well could win their division with the Ravens not having Lamar Jackson, with the Cleveland Browns having a horrible quarterback in Baker Mayfield, and, and it's it's a division that's wide open for the Cincinnati Bengals to take for a couple years down the road. That, that's what I was going to say. I think the Browns. I thought they would be tremendously more better. Me too. This, this year, you know, I, I really did, but they, they were horrendous and, you know, they ran uh, Odell Beckham out of there. It just, I, I watched some of that, those, those clicks and, and some of that film work and it was just really bad all the way around. I also, you know, I think a disappointment uh, to see the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of going out the way that they did, yeah. but it is what it is, but that is probably the toughest uh, you know, uh, musical chairs in the AFC North right there. Anything can happen with that. We dropped down to the AFC South, and we got, as you said, the Titans are leading the charge there with the Colts. Everybody else is out of the mix with the, the Jaguars and the Texans kind of out of it, but the Texans can, you know, play a little bit of uh, spoiler yeah. uh, in, the, in the last the last few games. And we jump over now to the AFC West where we still got some musical chairs possibilities. The Broncos have an opportunity to jump in there and make something happen. Mm-hmm. But I think they have some tiebreaker issues. They have, they need a lot of help, as well as the Chargers find themselves in some tiebreaker issues. Why aren't the Chargers better? Why, huh? are, why, are not, why aren't the Chargers better? I don't know. They, they have all this talent in every they single year. Components. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking Justin Herbert can go out and throw for 450 yards any given week. They have a guy like Keenan Allen. They have Austin Eckler who can, can both run the rock and he can he can uh, catch out of the backfield. They have a good defense in Bosa and, and Derwin James. I, I don't understand what's missing because every single week they go and they play down to competition and, and they, they mm-hmm. end up losing. And I, I just don't understand why they aren't finally getting the puzzle pieces all to fit together. Because I, at the beginning of the season, assessing their talent and assessing all the guys that they have, especially on offense, you feel like they would be able to um, contend for not only the AFC West, but just in the AFC. Yeah. Horrendous loss last uh, last week to the Texans. Absolutely. So, 
coming over to the NFC East now, where we have the Cowboys leading the charge there. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about a little bit of Eagles with Jalen Hurts and, and what he's been able to do down there with the uh, the Eagles. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I, I'm not fully sold on Jalen Hurts as an NFL quarterback quite yet. Yeah, and and I'm not sure if it's the um more of a dual threat guy. I'm not sure if that's the the problem that I the hump that I'm having trouble getting over. Or I don't know if it's just the fact that it's an Eagles quarterback. Because think about, I mean, in recent years, since maybe Donovan McNabb, I mean, the Eagles haven't had a substantial quarterback. Carson Wentz, for one year when he was the when he was an MVP candidate, and, and now he's in Indianapolis doing his thing. But then you went from, from Nick Foles, who came in, and, and if Nick Foles wasn't there, won the Super Bowl. And, and you have Gardner Minshew backing up Jalen Hurts. Maybe that's the whole the, the problem that I'm having trouble getting over is they yeah. they have had haven't had a a quarterback a franchise quarterback in in a couple years and and maybe that's what I'm I'm struggling to to buy into Jalen Hurts. Got you. So as we we cross over now to the NFC North where we've got Aaron Rodgers just doing what Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers does, yeah. and uh, I think this is probably the worst you know <laughs> probably the easiest division that. Uh, they find themselves in, but they've been handling themselves within the, in the conference period. So I'm not going to say it's just an easy uh, torching of the division, but we, we're not going to stay long there because yep. we know what it is that they do and what they do well. Are you sold on, <laughs> are you sold on Justin Fields real quick? Uh, I know we wanted to hurry, but I, I was curious because I'm always curious to gain other people's thoughts. No, we can stay there. Uh, I'm, 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 I, I would venture to, that he's a little bit better to me than Jalen Hurts. I would be in the same boat. So I would say he has more pocket. He has more pocket presence. He has mm-hmm. he has more. He seems to read his progressions a little bit better to me than a Jalen Hurts does. Um, and and do some of those things just even as a young car. I think he's just been thrown to the wolves. I think I, I would yeah. I would like to see him kind of maybe another couple years down the road if you you know got behind a good you know, a veteran quarterback and talent around some him. Things. Didn't have to have the pressure yep. this early, but that's just my thought. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat. I'm curious because some people are out on Justin, her, or uh, excuse me, uh, Justin Fields, but some people are, are very much in. And, and I, I think I would lean towards the very much in crew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. NFC South. <laughs> We've got, of course, yep. <laughs> The Buccaneers have yeah. clinched the division. Can you count out Brady? Or I, I've, I've come no to way. a point, Nick, that I've just stopped fighting him. There, there's said, no way he is. He is. He's the goat. I just stopped fighting. I used to fight him. I'm like, oh, he's not. Oh no. Oh no. He's gonna. I I agree, man. He he's they're they're sitting at fourth seed in the NFC, and I'm like, okay, fourth seed, great. I mean. It all matters about whether or not he's standing at the end of the Super Bowl right there. And and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think that last game out um, was, I think it was against the Saints, where they lost on uh, Sunday or Monday Night Football, whichever one that was. They just lost too many guys. Chris Godwin's out. Leonard Fournette got hurt. Antonio Brown with his whole fake COVID card and everything. There was just too many too many guys out on the, on the offensive side of the ball. And, <coughs> and it, it, that's basically why they... You know, weren't able to beat New Orleans, in my opinion. Saints have a quarterback issue, so I don't, I don't venture yeah. to say them jumping in or doing anything. Obviously, no I, I, they haven't been eliminated yet, but I just don't, don't feel they've got 
the tools to get it done. And I'm definitely not sold on the Falcons. <laughs> so no way. The, I, I'm a big fan like, of Kyle Pitts though. Say I, I love Kyle Pitts. Their their tight end that they drafted. I like, I like that, Kyle Pitts a lot. Yeah, Pitts, Pitts. Yeah, Pitts is solid. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be he he he's gonna be a Tony Gonzalez type if he stays yep. healthy to me. Absolutely. He, right. He's got that potential. Over to the NFC West, we've got the Rams mm-hmm. and the Cardinals both clinching there. But yet you've got the 49ers just tapping on their heels a little bit. Yeah. Took a tough one um this 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 last week, but um I'm sure they would have loved to have gotten that one, which would have made it a little bit more tighter. But this is probably one of the toughest of of the conferences in the NFC right here. Yeah, coming come on uh, come on to playoff time. Coming to playoff time, I should say. I, I trust the Rams a lot more than the the Cardinals solely because of the coaching. Wow. Sean McVay versus Coach Kingsbury. Do you believe in Ky- uh, Kyler Kyler Murray? Yeah, I like pocket Hercules. I'm, I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. I, I just think coaching is a, is a big thing that gets overlooked uh, um, sometimes, and I trust Sean McVay a heck of a lot more than I trust. Cliff Kingsbury. What do the Seahawks have to do to get back <laughs> to top-notch? Play? I think they got to use their talent. They got they got two of the best wide receivers in the league in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Maybe two of the best weapons. Maybe that's a better way to say it, not wide receivers. Um, two of the better weapons in the league. And Chris Carson being out certainly hurt him. DJ Dallas is, is a decent replacement. Um, their defense... Maybe it's their secondary because they have Bobby Wagner still in the middle. They're doing just fine there. Um, I, I, maybe it's maybe it's their secondary and and maybe on offense, Russell Wilson's just got to play Superman, I guess. Do they move on from Russell Wilson? Or they, they can't. They, they can't. Win. I don't think they can. They, they're not. Who are they going to be able to go grab that's that's better than him? I mean, the draft this year. I don't know if Seattle's in a place where they want to rebuild like that, and and it'll it'll be interesting to see which way they go. Love it. All right. That touches us up right there. Who do you got winning it this year? The Chiefs. What's your, what's your pick? I think it's, it has to be the Kansas City Chiefs. It, their, their defense has gotten much better than it was early on in the year, and that's, that's what's going to determine whether or not they're able to find themselves with a Super Bowl trophy, at the Lombardi at the end of the year. My, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, but I'm I'm not going to bet against uh, Aaron Tom Rogers, Brady. Right? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Tom Brady. <laughs> either way, either way, it would have been just fine. Yeah, I'm not going to bet against him. Not just because they have one of the best records. I'm I'm just there's something about that man. He, he's 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 playing with a major chip right now. And, yeah. You know, he's come up short. He's been right there on the verge, and just I think he he's time for him to break through again. Yeah, we uh. We got to take our final time out, man. It's almost over. All right, Rick, we'll come back and close it out. Lead us out of here, Nick. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, former Husker and NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Final segment. Nick, closing thoughts. Yeah, so I'm curious. I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. And they are 21 and 10, Strick. Is this huh. the year that the we got we have about two minutes from right now? Two minutes. Is this the year that they compete for the NBA title? 
Give me something good. I think in the East, they've got a great shot. And I think the biggest downfall for the Lakers was letting Alex Caruso go. Bigger than I expected. When I think that happened to the Chicago Bulls. He gave them mm-hmm. identity at the defensive end because there was a bunch of offensive guys that just wanted to play offense. And he said, no, nah, this is what's going to – I mean, obviously you got tips. Right, we we so have we, yeah we have Billy Donovan as head coach, um, but we got Demar Derozan, Lonzo, uh, Nikola Vucevic. We had to trade Wendell Carter for him, but there's there's a couple That's pieces. Right. That's right, Donovan is there. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, I, I was sad to see Tibbs go, but he's now at New York with with Derrick Rose, so you have a little bit of a. A little bit of a reunion he, there. Back to New York. He, he, Tibbs was my coach when I was in New York. Oh, okay. So he's very defensive-minded. So my mind was like, dang, is Tibbs still? No, it's Donovan. It's Billy Donovan, That's which not right. not a whole lot of, of confidence from me in him. But, you know, it is it is what it is. They're, they're 21-10, and second place in the East behind New, New – uh, I almost said New Jersey, Brooklyn. And and they're, I think they're a game and a half back. Is Golden State going to win the West? I don't know, Phoenix. Did you see the shot Devin Booker hit last night? Woo! <laughs> but hey, once Clay Thompson gets back, Golden State will be fun to watch. Strick, no Utah. Nah, not right now. Strick, this was fun, man. We should do it again. For Eric Strickland, I'm Nick Sainert. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.